must not go back to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. That help will always be given at Hogwarts to those who ask for it. It is not our abilities that show what we truly are. It is our choices. Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. Hey everyone, I'm your host Dan, back with another massive chapter as we near the end of Chamber of Secrets. Uh, Chapter 17, The Heir of Slytherin, is what we're talking about today. And we have Anna back with us. Hey everyone! So, uh, it's kind of exciting that we're coming to the end of this, which I feel like is just... A blink of time, and then it all of a sudden, so it went fast. super fast. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's kind of exciting that we're here, and this is a cool chapter. I really enjoyed reading this chapter. Likewise, yeah. Um, which we'll get into in just a second. But how this chapter starts is with Harry entering the chamber itself, and the way he's kind of describing this just made me feel, uh, you know, you're walking into a dark place where you know there's a monster lurking a monster that can kill you just by looking at you right yeah it's terrifying yeah and we've talked about uh Gryffindors and bravery a lot on this podcast we talked in book one about neville and his growth mm-hmm. through just book one yeah and we've talked a couple episodes ago or last episode about ron uh, and his fears with aragog and and things like that, and all the spiders in the forest. <laughs> uh, but now, I, I think, I mean, obviously Harry's bravery is on display multiple times uh, throughout the books. But what is here, it not I, I know, I, I, he gets put it's in a lot of situations. Gryffindor right there, Harry yeah. James Potter. But here, I, I, he's going in alone. Uh, nobody with him this time. No Ron and Hermione to help him on this particular journey. Very slim chances of being successful in the whole point of yeah. going. And he doesn't even know what's coming. Yeah. Like, he thinks he knows what's coming. He has no idea. No. Which is, makes this even way harder. Yeah. So, uh, I just kind of read those first couple of paragraphs. And I'm like, wow, Harry's really, like, stepping up to the plate here. Well, it's hard to remember sometimes that he's 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Like, just hearing his thought process and yeah. walking into those chambers, it's much braver than fully grown adults would be. And he's little tiny. As proven he's by He's not Lockhart, even a teenager. <laughs> who tries to bolt like Rachel Pryor. Oh, Gilderoy. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, it is kind of interesting, like, how we know the professors at Hogwarts are immensely talented. Yes. But this is a big ask of anybody. Yeah. And, you know, we see them all huddle in the teacher's lounge, which was still kind of a cool scene to see them as peers just discussing this out and talking about it. I love that scene. I love it, too. But even in that scene, they weren't discussing trying to find the chamber and rescuing Ginny. They were discussing how to get the students home. Yeah. Yeah. It, It was an interesting discussion. So I'm just wondering, like, how many of our esteemed professors would even dare attempt this feat not saying that they wouldn't or they couldn't but like that's it's a hard ask is what i'm saying yeah it is yeah it is um and i i think our professors are capable but it's still 
thinking about it and then being on the doorstep of it are two very different very things. Very different. So, um, I don't know, just the thought that came up to me right now as I'm talking about this. But uh, as Harry enters the, the larger chamber that basically this entire chapter takes place in, mm-hmm. he's describing this epic statue. And in our little pre-production meeting here, Anna and I noticed that we both have the same note of a description of the statue. Oh my gosh, I can't. I still can't. <laughs> it caught us both off guard as we read it. WTF. Yeah, as it just it's and it stopped my reading like flat. I'm just like, why? The word that is used to describe, I believe, the face. The face of Sal. Well, I guess it's never explicitly said it's Salazar Southern, but the statue at the end. Right. And it is described, amongst other things, like a long beard going down to the bottom of the robes and things like that. But one of the words used to describe it is monkeyish. Monkeyish. That's an odd choice of words. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Truthfully, I'm not exactly sure what is meant by that. All right, so... Just, I, I'm not sure. Exact line. The giant face above. It was ancient and monkeyish. I'm not 100 percent sure what that even means. Ancient and monkeyish. I don't know. Like I don't know that I want to know what she meant by that. And you brought this up when we were talking about it before, just like with how descriptive J.K. normally is, with how one of the strengths of her writing. Her writing usually is. Uh-huh. What kind of adjective is this? <laughs> yeah. I, I just it just know. it caught me so off guard that it literally interrupted my reading on, yeah. this, on this read through and I was like wait stop what yeah <laughs> it's just a very odd choice of words but anyway we so we had to bring it up on this and just be like well, not a fan no nah, it was just uh, it was weird anyway so Harry then uh, hears a groan in the chamber and goes and runs and finds Ginny lying there unconscious uh, with some slowed breathing not looking very great. No. Very pale. Cold. But he rushes to her and flings his wand away. <laughs> Why? Place the wand next to you or something. Why do you even need to put it down? Also valid. Like, I don't understand. Also, he never checks her pulse, which bothered me a little bit. He, like, he's also like, shake it. Like, shake her. That's not going to work. Okay, fair I don't know that he he's knows 12. his ABCs okay. of how to, like, assess an <laughs> unconscious Sorry, individual. Sorry, nurse for a mom. Fair enough. <laughs> no, but he and he did this before when they go in the Aragog uh, chapter and they are about to enter the forest. He leaves his invisibility cloak behind, which Julie and I discussed, and how you know there's pros and cons to it because ultimately, you know, maybe the Weasley car doesn't find them if they're yeah. under the cloak, and there's pros and cons to it. But ultimately, if you're not going to wear it, I don't care. Don't leave it behind. You never leave the never leave the cloak behind. <laughs> Don't toss your wand randomly. Well, definitely don't toss your wand randomly. Two that, things that's more that important can save than your life. Cloak, I would say. Always keep your wand on your person, I would think. Two things that can save your life at any given moment, and you're very flippant in how you just deal with these things. Okay. I promise. I'm done with the whole Harry being weird or an idiot for just a second. I'll put that to the side. Anyway. The meat of this chapter is regarding the heir of Slytherin himself. Mm. Uh, we finally meet this individual. 
I was about to say in the flesh, but that's not true. In, that in not memory, true. Yeah, <laughs> we meet this individual. That's true. So he essentially has this monologue. And I, I don't know about you, but in this monologue, I this is where I loved this chapter. Because for me, it's it's entrancing, I think is the word I used. It like sucked me in. It was probably my favorite part. I mean, a lot happens in this chapter. This was probably my favorite part. Yeah, I I just found myself reading it and I was like, I don't want to stop. Like, I was like rereading. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm yeah. going to go back to the beginning of this and read again. And I think mm-hmm. it was because I wasn't so much entranced. I wanted to like know the, the logic behind his magic. Like everything that he was talking about and everything he did. I just, I wanted to know more. I was like, okay, maybe if I reread it, I can get another little tidbit out of this monologue. Mm-hmm. And he says a lot. Yeah, he does. And he yeah. unloads a lot of information in such a, in such a way that I think is so descriptive of who Tom Riddle is. Yeah. You really get a window to his soul. <laughs> so, thank you. Thank you. Um, no, you get this insight as to who this person really is. Yeah. Um, Very you, charming. You know the, the myth. Uh, this isn't a spoiler because he literally tells you in yes. this chapter, uh, Tom Marvolo Riddle, I am Lord Voldemort. But he tells you who he is. And you have such a myth built up around who this person is. You've yeah. heard. You've heard and you haven't heard. And that's part of the myth too. You do and you don't. Because like this is who he was before, you know, like, he went through all of his transformation. Yeah. And so it's kind of just, like, how much of this charming, intelligent child, like, he is still just mm-hmm. a teenager. Yep. How much of him was left by the time he reemerged and let the world know him as Lord Voldemort? That is just discussion for the spoilers. <laughs> Isn't it, though? Because <laughs> uh, we can go down that road, too. Um, but you get a sense of, like, he has this playful tone about him. Yeah. And it's this, like, uh, playing with his food kind of a little bit. But also, yeah. it's it's such a menacing undertone to it. Yeah. Like, he's playfully threatening you in this, like, passive-aggressive way. Like, it, it's just toying with you. Yeah. Like, you don't even know who you're dealing with. Well, and he's standing there, like, twirling Harry's wand. Like, there's so many different levels of him playing with you. But that is in a sense, and again, we can get a lot more in in this in the spoiler section, too, but that's part of the manipulation factor. That's him toying Mm -hmm. with your own head of, like, I'm, you're so far of a concern to me that this is fun. And, yeah. and you get the sense that this is almost a fun that he hasn't had in a while. Yeah. So he's relishing it that well, much yeah, more. he's been stuck in a diary. Yeah. So, he, and, and he tells you as much. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ginny was fine. She was boring, though. This is what so I wanted. he called her boring so many times. Yeah. And I mean, a brat. Yeah, and, and whatever. Yeah. Boy. Well, and some of this. Well, again, his ambition is so far out of the realm Mm. of most 11 year olds so his thoughts are way over here he's not concerned with crushes fred and and george are making fun of me again yeah 
okay, that's that's cool for you, I guess. But I'm like on this other level here. Like, get to my level. And he pokes and he tries to get... You don't think he wrote her Valentine song for her? <laughs> I had never considered that before. Neither had I until this exact moment. Uh, I'm going to go with a no on that one. I'm going to go with a no, Yeah. <laughs> but he also, that's another insight that you get to him is he played the part mm-hmm. and he did what he had to do and he started playing the game. Yeah. And he's really good at playing the game. Yeah. And he'll, I guess, sacrifice like what he wants now for what he wants later. Well, oh, he's really good at the he's, long game. Whoa, sure. which, uh, yeah. again, we'll talk about later. <laughs> but yeah, no, the long game. That's his whole shtick. Yeah. Uh, which uh, he addresses here. Um, I like the note of... Well, he had a couple of good lines and good quotes. And one of them was, speaking of Ginny, she opened her heart and mm-hmm. spilled all her secrets to an invisible stranger. Which is just such a evocative line. Well, and I have a lot of thoughts about that that I would want to talk more about, I guess, in the spoilers. Because Ginny... She did. She poured so much of herself into mm-hmm. that diary. And it's just, you're right. Evocative is a great word for it. And part of me, honestly, just reading this chapter, I almost can't blame Ginny. Because he's talking here. And exactly. what am I doing? I'm getting sucked into his yeah. monologue and what he's saying. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm finding myself getting, like, just sucked into it. Well, it's like, like I can said, only imagine. He's so charming. He's so good at like playing to what he knows his role needs to be. And Ginny's struggling. She's this little first year who's got these big brothers who are just like teasing her. And we've talked before about not understanding her. And here's this, you know, person just understanding her, probably being very kind to her. Maybe he did write her little Valentine and was like, maybe this will help you. Like, how could she not pour more and more of herself into it? You can almost... It became, like, her imaginary best friend. You understand how dangerous the diary is, but also how dangerous he is. Yeah. And... He is, for sure. And, again, like you pointed out, he's 16. He's a teenager. Right. (laughs) Like... You know, this is... It's horrifying. And then... And he doesn't stop there. He says he grew stronger on a diet of deepest fears and darkest secrets. Another more evocative kind of, like... You can feel the menace in it and feel the darkness in it. Yeah. And it's... It really just smacks you upside the face. And just like, wow. And you get hints of, like... I think Harry notices that he said something about, uh, I think it was about Ginny liking Harry or something like that. And his eyes glinted red Mm. and you can, and to me, that is a sign of him knowing that he's playing with you and he's getting emotions. Like he's poking at you specifically and he can sense that what he's saying is affecting you. And he relishes that. Oh yeah. He feels triumphant. I have you like, now I have you in the palm of my hand. Now you're waiting on what I'm saying next. What am I going to say? And it's just, this is just a fun game for him mm. that he's really good at. And it's fascinating. Um, 
which <laughs> I'm going to jump gears here, but it makes that scene in the movie that much worse for me. Oh, can we even not? I know. I'm sorry. I, mean, I am not as much of a hater of the movies as Elizabeth is. Same, same. But this scene was done such a disservice. It's not quite Ron level disservice, but it was done a disservice in the movies. It comes off as like a very Disney-fied version almost. And I've said I that about early movies. at it. Yeah. It's so sad. Yeah. And this is such a, a, and you know, we've said it before about Chamber of Secrets. It's a dark book. This is a dark monologue. This is a dark scene. Mm -hmm. It's a scary scene. Yeah. It's like you said, like Harry walking in, confronting all this, the bravery it must have needed. And then I was really struck as Voldemort was monologuing. The only emotion Harry kept expressing in his inner thoughts was anger. He kept getting angrier and angrier. I was like, how is Harry only angry right now? Like, I would be scared of this guy who's, like, clearly toying with me. Like, I would be, like, clueless as to what to do with him. And then, like you said, the movie, it's just this big, like, <laughs> what is even happening here? I, But that's where I think the red glint in his eyes also comes from, is he knows that. You're right. Why is anger the only thing Harry's feeling right now? He should be feeling fear, mm -hmm. which would be natural. Mm -hmm. It. It's probably the right thing to feel. You should have a state of alarm going on in you. Like, <laughs> a little bit of concern like, for your life. Hey, wait a minute. This is a problem. <laughs> um, and But that's what he does, is he yeah. picks at you so you get one thing. You He wants you to almost come at him. Because he knows True. you can't. You can't. You're not going to win. Yeah. You're not going to win, so come at me. That's fine. What I don't want you to do is maybe what you're brain or subconscious should be telling you to do of like you need to run like get out of here now this is a problem um but that's the whole thing about the diary is again bringing you in it, the closer you get to him the better he is well and this is what i, I want to talk about that aspect of the diary in the spoiler section because at the end of the day what he really did with that diary was turn it into a weapon and it's fascinating to mm. me mm -hmm. but it's a little spoilery so yes it is <laughs> you, you can tell we want to you can tell we want to get to the spoiler so bad but there's there's, there's so much more yeah there's there's a lot in the scene riddle just unloads so much awesome stuff like casually saying hagrid wrestled trolls in <laughs> the forbidden forest and raised werewolf cubs also werewolf cubs i know like i don't <laughs> like, understand how that's a thing i don't understand that either yeah i don't, I don't know either I should we not focus too much on the logic of that or should we just like move on i mean like i want to but i feel like it would be a deep dark hole and yeah i let's just leave it at that's a weird comment also can we leave it at like do you think you would have wanted to be friends with hagrid when I, you were it's cool with him. Well, that's the other thing is like, and I think we talked about it on another episode too, is Moaning Myrtle, Tom Riddle, and Hagrid were all at Hogwarts <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> yes, yes. Like wrap your head around that trio for a second and just yeah. like how those... Different houses. Different houses, different years. But they were all like, they were all there and they all clearly knew of each other. Right. So it's, it's a weird dynamic. Which, that is a weird dynamic, yeah. But anyway, I mean, how could you not know? I mean, Tom Riddle was... Everywhere and everything at Hogwarts at the time. Well, and how could you not know it? Hagrid. Giant. I, it's hard to of miss. A Hagrid wrestling yeah. 
witch rolls. Yeah. Hard to miss. But anyway, it was a weird comment and confusing. <laughs> um, you also learned that he spent five years learning about the chamber. I have some feelings about that. Is this also a spoilery thing? Or no. Is this... Okay, good. Okay. Just more like realistically. Hmm? From 11 to 15. How did he find out all of these different things he sure. needed to know to find the Chamber of Secrets? Like, how did he figure out what the, the, the monster myth. was? How did he figure the out myth yeah, the myth at all? The idea of how he would get down there. What was he doing in a girl's bathroom? Yeah, I... I like, I just, like, I don't I don't find how realistic is it. How, once he did make his way into the chamber, how did he figure out the basilisk was inside of the statue? I, like, I just... I how did he not die? Well, he controls it, so I'm assuming that's part of it. So he knew to just be like, keep your eyes closed. Well, no, I mean, he has access to the same library Hermione did. (laughs) So, I mean, he can read. We do know that. Um, But so I'm, my answer to that would be, I think it's levels. I mean, obviously he didn't know all of the answers to all of those questions his first year. I think he heard of Slytherin when he learned about the house of Slytherin. Looks into that a little bit and goes, wait a minute. I know that we share this connection. Hmm. Like, let me go down this path of really finding out about Salazar Slytherin. And that maybe led him down his own rabbit hole of like, oh, wait, he th- there's a rumor that this chamber, mythical yeah. chamber exists. Well, what is that? Let me he find probably out. read Hogwarts and History. And it, it's both impressive and not terribly surprising that it took him five years to do this. I mean, yeah. like, it's impressive because he's a young kid doing all of this and taking well, the initiative really to do it. Friends. Well, he did. Well, okay. You can't call them friends. I, that's fair. He had followers. Yeah, he had acquaintances. <laughs> um, and groupies. Yeah. But um, he's obviously a brilliant kid. But also five years, I'm assuming it took him time to find out where this information was, how to get it, how... And he probably... F- uh, he's already worked on it probably, but honing that manipulation to get him certain things, to get him access to the restricted section, to get him, yeah. you know, he was honing that little skill of his to be like, what buttons can I push to get what I want? Yeah. I'm sure he wasn't all on him finding out this information. I'm sure he barked up some specific trees <laughs> of getting information being like, so what's this about? <laughs> you know? It still seems very far-fetched to me, but I guess if anyone could do it, it would be him. That's fair. So yeah, so we also get him commenting on Dumbledore, because Harry brings up Dumbledore and says um, that, you know, Dumbledore's the only one you've ever feared. You can't touch Hogwarts mm-hmm. without, with him here. You, you never wanted to. You never come close to blah, 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 blah. All this stuff about um Harry defending um Dumbledore and kind of using it as a attack. And then you get riddled not in not in an antagonistic way, but just kind of like a reflection of like, yeah, he's always not liked me. <laughs> <laughs> Every teacher loved me. Not him as much. <laughs> never really uh never really got on my side. He was always suspicious. Uh, we also learn, I think this is the first time we learned this, that Dumbledore's transfiguration teacher. Was this the first time we learned that? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. I don't think it was mentioned in the flashback scene. So, yeah. I, yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. 
Um, so that's a nice little tidbit of information that we get. It is. I like the connection between him and, and Minnie. Makes me happy. Mm -hmm. I can imagine Dumbledore being quite a good transfiguration teacher. He'd be good at any subject, but except minus divination. But anyway. <laughs> I'm sure he could muddle his way through teaching it if he had Probably. So we get interesting comments from Riddle on Dumbledore. Uh, we get the Tom Marvolo Riddle um, reveal, uh, which is cool. I know everybody has done it. As soon as they see that, they actually like go ahead and write it out and like piece together. The, like, wait, that, that can't be right. Oh my gosh, that's right. And everybody does it. And then we also get some some similarities uh, between Riddle and Harry. They kind of mention, uh, he kind of mentions like, I, I see a little bit of you in me. Mm -hmm. um, which alarms Harry to, to a specific degree. It's like, Understandably so. Yeah. Nobody wants to find similarities between themselves and the Dark Lord. And he's still got this lingering insecurity of like, mm. well, the Sorting Hat wanted to put me in there. Maybe yeah. it makes sense. Yep. So... I, I can talk about this monologue for forever, and obviously, I mean, we're going long. I mean, I could long. talk about the similarities <laughs> between Harry and Voldemort forever, so yeah, we're going long. We should we're going long started. already, but I mean, we can continue talking about just this monologue from Riddle, because it's that, like, if it wasn't the most boring podcast to listen to, I would literally read the monologue <laughs> word for word on here. It's that good. It's that good, people. Um, but anyway. Uh, Bonus. Bonus episode? Bonus content? Whenever we get a Patreon. If we had we'll, we'll yes, do it. I was just going to say that. <laughs> when, when we get Patreon at some point, <laughs> I'll read this uh, this passage for you. I'm holding you to this. First Patreon episode. First Patreon episode. Let us know if you want us to have a Patreon. So, long story short here, Ginny opened the chamber. Um, what? Yeah, I know. Kind of. She kind of opened the chamber. Yeah. No. So there's that. Um, Poor Jenny. Also, you know, the meat of this chapter really is Riddle and his long explanation of everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, which no one's complaining about, obviously. But the whole... There's also a heck of a battle. Not battle, but... I wouldn't even call it a heck of a battle because it's very short compared to this long monologue that you just had. Which makes a lot more sense, really. Like, it, it makes more sense for it to be this short little like, intense thing than the long, winding chase scene they have in the movie. Yeah, again, they missed... And I get it. In a movie, you want action versus yeah. exposition. Monologue, I yeah. get that. But exposition in itself can be intense, and it can be uh, attention-getting. And I think if they had done it in a darker tone, yeah. I think you could have been... Well, again, this is... I'm a an adult having this conversation. If I was a 12 year old kid, I don't know that I want to be scared in the theater, but right. I, I get it. I get it still. Um, anyway, the, the battle itself with the basilisk is extremely short for the most part, but Fox, Fox, Fox is ridiculously I'll take Fox on awesome. my battle team any day. Yep. I like, this is the one, I guess, ding in Riddle's armor is he knows everything there is to know about a mm. phoenix, yet he's very slow on the uptake. Yeah. And he's well, figuring he's this out. Cocky. He's like he too is. confident. Yeah. He's, a, he's, he's a, making fun of Harry. He forgets 
the importance that Fox could potentially bring to the table. Shoot, a phoenix can do this. Oh, shoot, a phoenix can do this too. (laughs) Dang, I forgot. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) you just get done with this beautiful exposition of how brilliant this man is, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh man. (laughs) Oops. Dumbledore got him again. You know, it's like, yeah, but but let's not let's not over uh, shoot Fox here. Fox was just. I mean, Fox incredible. really saved the day. Well, Fox was everything. Yeah, absolutely everything. And um, it's so cool how Fox is described in this chapter because this is the first time we I know we met Fox before but this is the first time we really get get true Fox right yeah a sense of what Fox really is and like just the uh the I'm jumping around in descriptions but like the warmer than you'd think tail feathers Mm -hmm. or the brush of the wing on the cheek which just makes you feel a certain way what really stuck out to me in this reread was I had forgotten that he sings throughout the Mm -hmm. The battle, if that's what we're calling it, that I think helps Harry get through it as well. Like that warm feeling you just mentioned just by the brush on the cheek. I think that Phoenix song throughout Facing the Basilisk did more than maybe we would have, would have more than I remember thinking in previous reads and probably even more than Harry thinks. Yeah, it's it's a weird description of it because they, they describe it as like an odd. I think eerie is Eerie used. song. Yeah. yeah. So it's a. Calming isn't exactly a word used to describe it, but I think it it almost distracts you from the seriousness of the situation that you're in yeah. Yeah. for a second. It's like, don't worry, don't worry, you can chill, I got this. And then obviously uh, Fox delivers a weird, I think, oh, it's a weird gift. I mean, let's be real. It's a weird gift. Sorting hat. Uh, uh, like... A mangy, old, ripped, torn hat suddenly that gets dropped at your feet. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, uh, this is odd. <laughs> like, this but one. How I- cool of a use of the hat? Like, who would have ever guessed that the sorting hat could do this? I think it's so cool. So it gets back to, like, and I, I don't know if the founders built in that twist to the hat, or if it's like we've kind of discussed on previous episodes mm-hmm. where it's like, magic as itself is almost its own character in this series and mm, kind of has yeah. a will of its own. Yeah. Or Hogwarts in itself is a character and has a will of its own. Or both, both. together yeah. <laughs> acting coherently and being like, this seems like we should intervene here. <laughs> Let's help it out a little bit. Like, it's probably a combination of... Well, and, like, can magic, like, grow? Because, like, okay, so Roger Gryffindor, like, took it off his head to, like, sort the students. But then did that magic that he had to imbue on the hat to be able to do that, like you said, just grow and evolve? Mm -hmm. And, like, the hat became a whole different entity than what Godric himself could have ever imagined? Like, it's just... What Harry pulls out of Mm -hmm. that hat may also have a, a factor in this magic that we're talking about. It might even be all of the magic that we're talking about <laughs> instead of the hat or, you know, whatever. It could... Also, how excited are you if you're 12 years old and you get to just, like, all of a sudden brandish a sword and kill a snake? Like, I don't know. All I wanted when I was little was to be able to be Zoro with a sword. 
Wow, you went Zoro with it. Okay, interesting. I love Zoro. This is a random tangent. We don't need to go on. <laughs> Fun fact on Anna Trivia, we'll be talking yeah. about <laughs> Guy Williams for life. I don't know if I'm facing a massive snake that a sword is the first weapon that I would think of. Well, how else are you going to kill it? You gave away your wand. Well, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd want more of a long-range weapon than something i got to get all <laughs> up in there. Which clearly backfires on Harry because he gets stabbed through the arm with a fang. Which, going back to Fox, uh, and I like the description of the tears, too. It's like yeah, a silvery, pearly, pearly yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I like that description. I, it, it almost gives it like a, you can sense the healing factor. Like you're putting like a, like an anaphylactic cream almost on your skin. But I love poor little Harry too. He's like, oh, is this, is this like death? Is the, why is it getting clearer? Why can I start seeing the chamber again? This doesn't yeah. seem right. Uh, we should probably mention that this entire, before we get to this clump of very epic climactic scene here in this chapter, this entire time, Riddle has been getting more and more solid. Yes. And he's been growing... It's fascinating. Also fascinating. And, again, we can talk about more of the, the magic behind this mm-hmm. in the spoilers, but... Um, so this entire time, he's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And then Harry takes the fang that, I guess, fell out of his arm, or he took it out of his arm. He took it out of his arm yeah. as soon as, yeah. Yeah. And his gut instinct... Which, if we know anything about Harry by Fox now, brings him the diary. Fox does bring him the diary. Fox for the win again. Which I also want to get back to in the spoilers. Okay. Because that's interesting. But Fox brings him the diary and the gut instinct that Harry has. And like I was saying, if we know anything about Harry through these first two books is he might not be the smartest and he might not be the best, but his gut instinct yeah. is usually Spot on. right on. Yeah. So, without thinking, he just takes the thing and stabs the diary, and this ink just comes pouring out of the diary. And as more and more ink comes pouring out of the diary, uh, Riddle becomes less and less tangible. When he's screaming, like yeah. in pain. Like in pain. Which is interesting. Yep. Like, it could have ended here. Like, the book could have ended just after, yeah. like, them leaving the chamber. <laughs> and I would have been satisfied with that, honestly. I would have been like... Amazing! Yes, you'll get the... It's just like magic. You'll get that here in a second. Uh, but yeah, they they leave the chamber. They end up going back, and Ron has dug out a, a decent-sized hole where they can sneak on through. Which, okay, slight going backwards. Yeah. I feel so bad for Ron that he didn't get to go help save his sister, mm. and that his like main contribution was to dig the hole for Ginny to climb through to get, like... I mean, like... Yay! But <laughs> that was like, such just, a lackluster yay. <laughs> well, because I feel like Ron, like like you were just you were talking about earlier, and Julie talked about like Ron had some big Gryffindor moments in this book, and I feel like he really wanted to show up for his sister, and like if anybody should get to like save Ginny, it should be you know her brother at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's just a random. I always felt bad for him; he didn't get to do more. But. Yeah. Obviously, this was Harry's journey, but... Yeah. Um, If this was Ron Weasley in the Chamber of Secrets, you might have a completely different take. (laughs) But no, they squeeze through. They find out that Lockhart is... uh, Different. Yeah, he's a little different. (laughs) Uh, So... More likable, maybe? (laughs) Maybe, which we can get to, actually, uh, I think, in the next chapter we get to that. Yeah. 
He's not he's not exactly the same dude that they left. So they end up grabbing onto Fox and then grabbing onto each other, which is one thing. I, I, but then and this is another description of Fox. You just have the sense of uh, being lighter. Mm, yes. I had not remembered that description. I thought that was it's really interesting. It's such a cool description. It's very cool. Like, there is so much magic to Fox. Yeah. Because Fox is awesome. <laughs> Fox is awesome. Which, like, we should have anticipated, like, Dumbledore's not going to have a pet that's not really awesome and magical. I mean, the Phoenix uh, is an iconic thing throughout in mythology. History, yeah. So... Anyway, uh, we'll talk more about Fox. Uh, he doesn't so, go anywhere. So, uh, anyway, we've gone long. <laughs> so we are going to take the Just Like Magic break. Enjoy your Lockhart. And we'll be back with spoilers. Amazing! This is Just Like Magic! Back from our quick Lockhart break. And uh, there's a lot to get into in the spoilers. And since we talked a lot about Fox at the end of the non-spoiler, we'll pick right up with him again because I have a question. How do you think Fox knew that the diary was the key to Riddle? Like, how do you think Fox was able to interpret, like, no, 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 Harry, you need this? I mean, we talked a lot about there's a lot of magic to Fox, yeah. There's also a lot of magic to the diary, which mm -hmm. I really want to talk about. Yep. Um, and so maybe just like inherently Fox's magic somehow picks up. Uh, maybe like, I'm sure Fox didn't know exactly, you know, like Horcrux, soul, something he just sensed. Like there's this connection between the diary and riddle, mem memory riddle. Maybe if we cut off this connection, all will be well. You don't think... Obviously, well, I guess I can't say that for sure. Because, again, Fox has some insane levels of magic. So much magic. So, there's one of two ways this all happens. Fox has the ability to teleport in and out of places. Mm -hmm. uh, through flame. Like, he can just... Mm -hmm. So... Dumbledore's got stuck. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so, is Harry being loyal to Fox? Fox picks up on that and is like, now's the moment and I just have to go to him? Or is he specifically sent by Dumbledore? And if Fox is sent by Dumbledore, does Dumbledore have a clue? Or does he have an in, uh, like some insight? So I more, because Dumbledore had that line about Phoenix's being extremely faithful. And, like, I think faithful was, like, even italicized when he was having that teaching moment with Harry about Phoenix's. Dumbledore does that a lot. And then Dumbledore <laughs> had the line about yeah. all people being loyal to him. And then Harry shows that true loyalty to Dumbledore. So I, in my mind, kind of made the connection, okay, Harry just proved extreme loyalty to Dumbledore Fox has this extreme level of loyalty to Dumbledore. Maybe the levels of loyalty, because Dumbledore is no longer in the castle. So, so you think Fox it's a Harry Fox connection? Loyalty type thing. So it's a Harry Fox connection. You don't think, I think Dumbledore it's a more loyalty to Dumbledore connection? You don't think like, Dumbledore... without Dumbledore, there's no connection. Like Dumbledore is the connection between the two of them. You don't think he gave Fox any like instruction or no. any like maybe like a like. 
be sensing for loyalty to me. <laughs> like, be ready in three, two, yeah, no. one. <laughs> well, no, I don't, I don't think it's that exact. I just wonder if, like, Dumbledore had any... I mean, he doesn't... But that couldn't have anything to do with Fox bringing the diary to Harry, though, because Dumbledore is completely clueless about the importance of the diary at this point. Like, he doesn't yeah. know any yeah. of that yet. This is literally what sets him on that path. So I think it has to be. I do like your idea of Fox being such a magically powerful creature, being able to sense other powerful magic. Yeah. I like I that idea. Too. So, I don't know, but it, but it did just strike me in the chapter being like, Okay, so Fox is just going to drop down the, the, the key to this whole thing? Like, how did that happen? Yeah, it's true. Anyway. Um, before I get to the other points, you wanted to talk about, speaking of strong, powerful magic. Well, yeah. Like, so I really enjoyed a few episodes ago, Molly, like, hardcore deep dive Voldemort mm-hmm. and the timeline of the Horcruxes. And I, like, want even more. Like, Molly, you go, girl. It was awesome, yeah. But, um... Reading this again, and the monologue we talked about, I wanted to know even more about the diary specifically, because I just, I feel like I want to know more about how it works. Like, what is it about the magic in the diary that is causing the life to be sucked out of Ginny, and for Riddle to then, like, gain an actual, like, becoming more and more substantial body, and, like, Harry hadn't shown up and Ginny had died, would we eventually have had two Voldemorts? Like, Voldemort, Voldemort, and Tom Riddle's 16-year-old memory Voldemort? So then I, like, you know, went up, went on the Google and tried to do some research. And unfortunately, it was the HP Wikipedia that had the most information about the what I was looking for. So hopefully it's accurate. But it talked a lot about how the diary was the one Horcrux that was, and the exact word they used was weaponized. And so it was kind of imbued with more magic. And that was the reason the more and more Ginny poured herself into it, the more the bit of Voldemort's soul was able to pour into her. And that was the true, like... This diary was very specific. Like, the other Horcruxes wouldn't have been able to do what the diary does in this chapter to Ginny. And I just found that interesting. I don't know if it's the only Horcrux that's weaponized. I would say that it is the most weaponized. Well, yeah, I guess that's <laughs> true. Because, like, I, I thought of the Locket specifically. Right, like, right, obviously right, right. the Locket did some bad stuff to Ron specifically. But they were still able to wear it without being possessed. Yeah, no, the types of magic are different. Right. But, um, I think... Like, I feel like the diary was just very individual or unique. Riddle is the type of person that's not going to use the same trick twice. Yeah. Um, so he's going to make it as hard as possible for you to, A, figure out his secret, and B, do anything about it. (laughs) So he's going to make each challenge that there is insanely hard which he does a very good job of he does i think this is the one that kind of creeps me out the most though well yeah it should um it should and it's i I think to your point if that part of the memory becomes a solidified 
actual person. Mm -hmm. The part that's floating around in Europe at this point in time, I think can then go into that body. And then, then you have two souls in one. Then you combine, you know, two parts of him in one again. Yeah. Right? Right. Um, so that would account that would be a very strong Voldy. You're right. Yeah. That, <laughs> that would be a that very strong yeah. version of him. Um, and I think that's how that, and I is guess how we would want that to work. And I guess that's how is supposed to work. Yeah. Right. Um, Keeps him from dying in the first place and then. Yeah. yeah. But to your point, there's so many layers to this magic. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, there's the magic of the diary itself, which can like speak back to you and have a conversation with you. And then there's the part, then there's the darker part of obviously this, the soul becoming whole again mm. um, and, and things like that. And when he literally possessed Ginny, yeah. and like, I feel like maybe this is more of a conversation for the next chapter, but like. Whoa, I hope Mr. and Mrs. Weasley found Ginny some therapy. Talk about PTSD. Well, yeah. <laughs> Julie and I had a, had a big discussion on like, uh, and it was after the uh, Ron with the spiders. It's like, they, they have, do they not have therapy in the wizarding world? Like, I mean, how many times have we brought up the fact that we hope so many different characters in this series? The most basic stuff, like Myrtle. Like, we, we had we a conversation about, about Myrtle lot, yeah. and the fact that she was having trouble at school. And it wasn't going well. Like, maybe there should be a counselor for that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. Well, and I feel like this is more <laughs> of a conversation we could have in the next chapter. Mm-hmm. Because I had another similar thought for Harry in the next chapter. And Ginny, but anyway, yeah. No, you're right. Ginny goes, Ginny goes through it. Yeah. To the point where, obviously, people noticed i would like to think people not as close to her also noticed mm-hmm. that she might have needed some help uh you know obviously probably would have noticed it more if it wasn't her first year and they don't know her very well say what you want about percy but he was one of the first to really dig in and be like hey she's really upset yeah um like we need to check in on her we need to be a little bit more considerate of her uh pointing to the twins and being like hey can you stop doing that because it's clearly not affecting her well so, yeah, but I would have liked to see... Yay, Percy. Yeah, I know. I know. know I was his biggest <laughs> She can't even say it with a straight face. Anyway. Yeah, so it's... It would have been nice to see someone outside of her family, because Ron also was yeah. defending her quite a bit. Yeah. So it would have been nice to see somebody else, but again, it's not the focus isn't on Janine, nor right. is it supposed to be, because she's the key to this. But she's the twist. Yeah, she's the Quirrell-esque twist to this whole thing. That, again, you probably should have seen coming right. if you see on rereads, because Ginny's right. pale, Ginny's yeah. not doing yeah. so well. Ginny, Ginny, Ginny. stand out a lot more once you know. Ginny's really upset about this diary being at the borough a week after she got it. You know, it's like Ginny, Ginny, Ginny. But, yeah, keeping with very powerful magic. Uh, Riddle does mention in his long monologue that uh, he was like, how how did you survive? Because I'm pretty good at what I do. And this doesn't really make sense here. And then Harry gives him the answer. He gives him like, oh, my mother stepped between us and saved me. And then he's like, oh, that magic. That's powerful magic. Yeah. 
And he recognizes it. And yeah. he, and he recognizes like, oh, that. Yeah, that's a, I get it now. I get how that could have got right. me. And it is interesting. So, like, yeah, he obviously knows about it. But also that brought up the question to me, like, what knowledge is there between 16-year-old memory riddle and, like, fully grown Voldemort riddle? Mm-hmm. Because, like, is like is the reason Voldemort, when he, you know, comes back to power and he knows, you know, it was the love magic from Lily that saved Harry. It's like, is there some connection between the two? Like, no. you would think there should be because the same soul in the books. It's very specific. He did not know that any portion of his soul was destroyed until he figured out, until they broke into Gringotts. And he realized they were going for the cup. And that's when he went insane and went to go check on all the other Horcruxes. He never felt any of the Horcruxes being destroyed. That, I think, is your answer as to how connected are they. Okay, but so then in Goblet of Fire, how does he know that... Lily is the one that saved him. Like, how does he know he needs to use Harry's blood to go yeah. back? So, well, that I think is just a technique that is like a thing already. I think. But he could have used any blood. That's what Wormtail brings up. But Voldemort specifically says, no, I need Harry's blood. But here's the difference this is a memory of Riddle. Right. He doesn't know how Harry beat him. Right. But the soul that is out there existing as a shell of himself, as like a wisp or a gas or whatever you want to call it, that Voldemort so did get defeated. He already figured it out. He already figured it out. Because he, he has this He was knowledge. there and, and experienced it. He's like, okay, that's how enough. he knows. So it's it's two versions. And he just didn't have enough respect for that magic going into Halloween night, 1981. He, uh, I don't know. In the movies, he at least says, I should have recognized it and I missed it. And it's a rare mistake that I've made. Something to that effect. He's like... I mean, I feel like he makes more mistakes than he gives himself credit for, but... Surrounding Harry specifically. Oh, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Normally, he doesn't make mistakes, like, <laughs> at all, but... Touche. Um, when it comes to Harry, he seems to make a few, fair few, but... Yeah, but it was just interesting that he noted that that riddle was aware of that magic as a 16-year-old. Yeah. He had potentially foreseen that, like, oh, that's some powerful magic that not even I might be able to escape. Um, yeah. It's interesting. But yeah, so anyway, uh, there's another point to this whole thing, is they get out of this chamber of secrets. And they go on, and we'll get there in the next chapter, but... Um, so, this chamber? It still exists. Like, they didn't bring down the chamber. No. It exists. There's a big, giant, basilisk corpse yes spoilers because we're in the spoiler section the next time we specifically see this is in book seven when they go down to get Which, thank god they didn't touch it because you know right those fangs came in handy but you're telling me that the ministry is not like oh you figure this out uh can we investigate this i mean forget the ministry why doesn't hogwarts want to investigate sure. there's this giant chamber built by one of the founders here's my take on it Hogwarts would have done well to employ Indiana Jones. <laughs> Indiana Jones would not have let the Chamber of Secrets let be still until book seven. Chamber That's my take. If this was an Indiana Jones <laughs> scenario, there also would have been a large ball rolling down one of the pipes coming I mean, after I'm them. I'm here for it. 
whips would have been involved. Arrows coming out of the wall randomly. Yeah. The whole the whole bit. Let's go for it. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, Slytherin did not protect his chamber that much if there's not, like, <laughs> booby traps all over the place. Boom. Harry would not have ever been able to get in if there were the booby traps. Clearly, uh, Marvolo and Morphin Gaunt really didn't get the job done when they covered this all up. So, anyway. Yep. <laughs> no, but I just wonder, like, this thing's sitting there, like, no one yeah. is thought to be like, I need to check this out. <laughs> Maybe because they didn't want to for like Harry's the only one who could have gotten them back inside, you know, like parcel tongue would have been required. Maybe for once in his Hogwarts career, Dumbledore didn't want to put him, you know, through further trauma to bring him back down there. I don't know. I can't imagine Dumbledore's being like, okay. I know I can't. That's either. done. <laughs> like moving on. I don't know. I mean, there's the other... Well, yeah. I guess Harry, at the very least, would have to open yeah. that. Well, not necessarily, does he? Well, okay. <laughs> he still would have had to hiss at people until they got it right. Not everybody is Ron Weasley able <laughs> to recreate. Yep, let's just sit on that for a second. And... I don't know. I mean, I could kind of see Fudge just wanting to cover it all up. And forgetting it ever existed and happened. Uh, Fudge would definitely do that. Yeah. That would be something that Fudge would do. But I'd still think he would want to see it for himself. He's a very show me, not tell me kind of. That's true. Person. So. True. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, that's just kind of the thoughts there. But so, anything else that you had, or should we just get to it and get to the final <gasps> chapter? Oh my gosh, I can't believe we're there. No, That's crazy. I'm gonna miss all of the uh, Chamber of Secrets openings that we've had. Oh my gosh, I know, right? They're really good. They're I honestly really good. don't know that we can beat some of these quotes because they're good quotes. <laughs> it's gonna be hard. We <laughs> yeah. like set ourselves up with like a really high level. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, I'm Whoops. sure Prisoner of Azkaban will have some great stuff that we can dip into. So that's you know, my favorite. Well, on that teaser of a note, um, we are going to pause right here and then join us next week when we finish Chamber of Secrets. Woo! woo. Craziness. Hope you enjoyed it. Join us then. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Hogwarts, a podcast. If you like what you've heard, please click the subscribe button on your preferred podcasting app and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hogwarts, a pod.